and welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm your host, Dave Bookbinder, and this is the program where we dig a little bit deeper to understand what really matters most in business. I'm a senior director with Pine Hill Group, by the way. Uh, today, my guest is someone who has spent a good part of his career both inside the numbers and behind the numbers. I'm pleased to welcome Charlie Maracco, who's the CEO of CLM Advisors. Charlie, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thanks, Dave. So, very quickly, just give our audience a quick overview on who you are, if you would, please, and then we'll get into this. So, I began my uh, uh, business in the CPA world, uh, went into traditional accounting, quickly realized that um, providing tax returns and financial statements wasn't what I wanted to do for business. I saw businesses had a need to help them understand how to grow their, their business through understanding the numbers and started to change my business toward a more consultative business in the mid to late 90s. Yeah, the first time I met you, I remember coming away from that meeting thinking, he's a CPA, but he's kind of different. He, this is a guy who's entrepreneurial, he's more consultative. And on your website, you describe yourselves as fiscal management consultants. What does that mean? So what we do is we help the business owner think with the end in mind. Where are they at now? Where do they want to get to? And that destination might not be a real end. It could be uh, a perceived end. It could be uh, a certain uh, dollar that they want to drop to the bottom line, a certain amount of sales, or it could actually be a transition, a sale uh, to an external party or, or to the next generation. And what we do is, is we help develop that, that roadmap from where they are to where they want to get to, and then we help them along the way get to, that, to those goals. So that's what we do. But let's talk a little bit about that begin with the end in mind, right? So a lot of folks, when they think of the end in mind, they think, exit planning, succession planning, and, and frankly, I think those concepts, just that term, is a little off-putting to a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs because it's difficult for them to actually think about walking away, especially years down the road, right? So you mentioned it's not necessarily an exit. Talk about the kinds of things that really are the end game, end in mind, as you're working with your clients. So, so obviously, um, most business owners struggle with thinking about the end in mind. We set goals along the way that are ends. So they're, they're, they're markers. They're, they're things that they want to get to. And then when we hit those goals, we bring in a smaller forecast. Let's say about a two-year forecast that is in line with those goals. And, uh, and even that would be too much for a business owner to think of every day. So what we do is we start breaking that down and we meet regularly with a, with a business owner on a, on a, on a month-to-month -month basis to compare the forecasts that are budgeted amounts to the actual results. And by doing that, we're starting to move along the line so that business owner isn't stressed about thinking of that end goal that they haven't really formulated yet, but they have an idea where they want to get to. It's kind of like if you go into California and you're trying to plot out every road, you'd go crazy. But if you just start thinking, well, let's drive, you're going you're gonna to start getting there. You, know? right. you don't have to really think about the details until you get close to that end. And it's good to have a good navigation system or a good co-pilot or both, too. And I guess that's where you help out, right? Correct. What are the typical sizes of businesses that you're working with? So the typical size business that we work with is anywhere from a $500,000 business up to 65, 70 million is our largest client right now. But really the clients that probably fit in our sweet spot the best are clients between two and 10 million and five and 20 million. And I mentioned two different um, sizes. One because it, you know at two million they start to feel um, the, the type of issues we have. Now certainly someone at 500,000 might feel the issues, but they may not have the, the money to invest not only in us, but in the things that we're going to bring into their business. So at $2 million, they're starting to have that. At $5 million, they have a little bit more, and the pains start getting more. Um, the reason why we put a $20 million uh, 
like you know, top-end nozzle is, normally when they've gotten to that point, they either have the things in place or really they might be in, in a lot of trouble and have much, need much more resources than we can provide on a regular basis for them to get to the next level. However, we've gone into clients larger than you know, 20 million and, 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 and been able to you know, get them to kind of take a couple steps back and then move forward. So. Yeah, and, and I can speak firsthand to the fact that, that you've done fantastic work. I've introduced you to some folks who became clients of yours and I know you've done wonderful things for them and they think very, very highly of you. Thank you. Talk a little bit about the process that you employ as you're working with the business owners. So again, we meet on a regular basis and that, that what we mentioned at the beginning, comparing the, the forecasted or budgeted amounts to the actual amounts is really on a regular basis with the business owner is really where the, the things start to happen. Because one of three things happen when we compare those. Well, they could be spot on and there's not a lot to say, but that rarely happens. Normally it's one of three things. Number one is, is we start to realize that the assumptions that we got from the business owner aren't correct. So what we need to do is, is we need to rethink those assumptions. Now that might change just like if you're in your car, so we call this our fiscal GPS. If you're in your car and there's traffic, well, it's gonna reprogram. Well, this is our reprogram, right? We're, we're now changing the direction that we have to go. It might take us longer to get there, or we might just take a different route and still be able to get there in the same amount of time. Um, the second thing that might happen is, is we might identify that the information that we're receiving from their accounting systems aren't correct. And this is when we begin to do our accounting department engineering. So we go in and we look at the people, the process, and the product. Um, we, we try to identify, are the people in place um, able to carry out the growth of the business? Now they might be, and we might be able to train them, or we might have to bring other people in, or for a short period of time, our company might fill a certain role. Um, now, we may talk about that later. We have more of an insourcing role than an outsourcing role, but we'll probably get back to that later. Um, the third thing is probably the most important thing. We, what we start to identify are issues in the business, right? What's going wrong? Mm -hmm. And now the job is, is okay, now we want to go in and fix that problem. And that's where really the magic comes from. And, and it could be as simple as, you know, we just, you know, we're, we just need to change our pricing on our, on our, on our product because it doesn't fit a, a good business plan to, to bring profit to the bottom line. Or it could be something a lot more complex. Let's unpack that just a little bit more, Charlie. So talk about what happens when you identify the problems and, and how you resolve them, but if you could also, for the benefit of the audience, help folks understand the kind of typical, if there is such a thing as a typical issue or problem that you're finding manifest in the business owners that you're working with. Yeah, well, typical problems are that the business owner has trouble getting out of their own way, right? It's um, typically, I mean, problems with businesses are behaviors begin to, um, they, they evolve out of the, the business owner, and then they start to become part of the culture. And a lot of times, business owners have a lot of hard time changing those things, right? So the first thing that we need to do is sit down with a business owner and help them realize that things need to change from the top in order for everyone else to change. So we work with that business owner on seeing the numbers in a different light. And, and we, again, we focus fiscal management. It's focusing on the financials. So we're always focusing on the financials. So how can they think about their business differently? So we have to raise them up and have them look at the financials from a very high level to see what's really happening with the business. By doing that, we can then go back down to the, the micro level and start to work with them to change things in their business. So for example, if someone um, was struggling with uh, profitability, and the reason why they were struggling with profitability was that their employees weren't efficient or effective, we need to look at the, the culture around 
What, what are we driving? What's the message we're sending? And oftentimes, there's a disconnect between the business owner, the message they're sending to their employees, yeah. and, the, and, and, and what needs to drive revenue. Um, and, and the business owner sometimes even knows that, but somehow they don't know what they're saying. So what we have to do is, is model the behavior at the bottom level after what the, the top level financials need to look like. So once we start to create that connection between top level financials and the behaviors at the bottom level, we start to create change in a business from a financial standpoint. So that's what we do. So when you talk about modifying the behaviors at the lower level, so and, and you use the word culture, uh, that has a lot of resonance with me and I know a lot of the folks who are watching as well. So you're, you're doing more than just helping the business owner to drive profitability or, or revenue. You're really making some, I'll, I'll call them institutional changes to, a, to an organization. We are. Um, oftentimes businesses look much different after we, after we go in there. So our evolution is to change a business owner and to think like a CEO. And in order to have this, to be a CEO, you have to create a C-level team that you can manage. Well, C-level teams need to have um, goals. They need to know what, what, where the direction of the company is going. And that's that end in mind again, mm -hmm. right? And, but from that end in mind, we need to drive down specific metrics to every employee, product line, department, location, um, sales, uh, client, vendor uh, of the business so that they all align with the top level. By doing that, you're starting to create a culture around moving to the goal that the owner wants to get to. And rather than the, the owner trying to say the things that he wants to have happen, yeah. we're actually creating a scorecard. So, you know, I liken it to a basketball game. If you were playing basketball and you shot three, uh, six three-pointers and you, were, you think you're up 17 points at the end of the game, uh, you found out you lost by one and they told you that during the middle of the game they changed the, the, the rules and the, you know if you shot beyond this line it was zero points you lost by a point well that's kind of what business owners do to their employees and they don't know they do it they don't do it on purpose but they change the rules and then the employees start to get to the point of uh, frustration so yeah. what by making these rules and connecting them we allow everyone to play by the same rules and it, it makes everyone understand how to yep. win the game Charlie, we're going to have to take a quick break here in a moment, but real quick, why don't you tell folks how to contact you? I'm sure there's a lot of folks who'd be interested in learning more about what you do. Okay. Uh, our, our, uh, our website is www.clmadvisors.net, and we can be reached there. Very good. Well, we're going to take a quick pause. Don't go anywhere, and you don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Behind the Numbers. Boost your brand? Adding your company logo and website on screen during your interview will allow viewers to recognize your brand instantly. Incorporating images and video clips is another great way to showcase your product during your live segment. Let viewers see how good you really are. And most importantly, there's you and your interview. For less than the cost of a newspaper, direct mail, or a magazine ad, you can leave our studio and within 48 hours have a permanent digital copy of your live segment to link to your social media, embed into your company website, or use in email marketing. Investing in your brand is so very important, and we can't wait to have you as a guest. Shelter dogs aren't broken. They've simply experienced more life. If they were human, we would call them wise. They would be the ones with tales to tell and stories to write. The ones dealt a bad hand who responded with courage. 
Do not pity a shelter dog. Adopt one. Say we've got grit, and we'll take it as a compliment. Because it's our uncommon drive, our spark within, that brings us together and sets us apart. We are temple made. And when others take shortcuts, when others take breaks, when others take the easy way, we take charge. I work 13 hours a day, six days a week. So when I'm off the clock, I gotta get stuff done. So when I need a snack, I need something healthy, tasty, and easy to eat. Like wonderful pistachios without the shells. They're protein powered, delicious, and great on the go. And that's perfect for me. Thanks, Liz. A woman without a lot of time. Whether you're a gourmet cook or just want to eat like one, visit Rostelli Market Fresh, your home for the freshest locally sourced ingredients to please everyone who loves great food. Our organic meats, quality seafood, and free-range poultry are cut fresh to order. Chefs create culinary-inspired prep foods made fresh every day, which pair nicely with our vast selection of fine wines and spirits. Choose from handmade pastas, artisan cheeses, organic produce, and grocery items, all from the finest purveyors. Rostelli Market Fresh, from our family to yours. RVN-TV is a platform for people of any industry to share their story. Over 285,000 viewers are tuning in to RVN-TV shows monthly. We guarantee a great experience that you'll be sharing with everyone you know while increasing your personal and company's brand awareness. But what is your brand? According to Forbes, it's a combination of your logo, your product, your design and feel, and your personality. Did you know that aside from being a guest, we offer even more opportunity to boost your brand? Adding your company logo and website on screen during your interview will allow viewers to recognize your brand instantly. Incorporating images and video clips is another great way to showcase your product during your live segment. Let viewers see how good you really are. And most importantly, there's you and your interview. For less than the cost of a newspaper, direct mail, or a magazine ad, you can leave our studio and within 48 hours have a permanent digital copy of your live segment to link to your social media, embed into your company website, or use in email marketing. Investing in your brand is so very important, and we can't wait to have you as a guest. Behind the Numbers. I'm your host, Dave Bookbinder, Senior Director at Pine Hill Group, and today we are Behind the Numbers with Charlie Maracco, who is the CEO of CLM Advisors. This is the part of the program where we do something called the bottom line, where if our guests are only, or our audience is only watching uh, a little part of the program, what's the key takeaway, uh, tip, tip, a trick, I can speak for a living, a tip, a trick, or some other key thing that you'd want them to share to understand. What would your bottom line tip be, Charlie? So the I guess the key to our, our business is um, we care about our businesses. Um, we work, you know, people say, are you an outsourced CFO? It, 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 that's a component of what we do. But really what we do is we become the non-silent, non-equity partner of our businesses. Um, we go in and we care as much as, as the business owners about their business. And um, our entire team works on a business. And 
what we do is we work with a model that is more insourcing than outsourcing. We want to develop their intellectual property. We want to build their business. We don't want to build our business through them. Of course, that's a, that's a byproduct of it, but really, um, if we can contain the amount of work that we do for each business and not make it grow, we can actually help them grow their asset. Um, and that's really the key to what we do is, is we build businesses. We build the net worth and the balance sheet of a business. And we do that through profitability consultant, through fiscal management consulting. And, and that's the key to what we do. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how you work with other advisors because I know, and you, you state it uh, on your website, there are certain things that you don't do. You're very clear about that. But you do have partners and uh, folks that can help in assisting business owners with those particular things. And I know, for example, in my world, you don't do valuation, and you and I Correct. have talked about that throughout the years. So when you're doing your tax strategy, you're not really competing with other accounting firms, right? No, that's, that's not our intention. Uh, I, I came from the CPA world. I love what they do. Um, it's, it's really necessary. And they are a most trusted advisor mm -hmm. to their to their uh, accounts, and they should remain that. Um, what we do is, is a little bit different, um, and most CPAs wouldn't want to do it. I often joke that what we do, we, we try not to do anything. You know, that's our goal. But really, that, that's what consulting is, right? It's, it's leading, it's guiding, it's coming up with the next step of what needs to be done next. It's more of a proactive approach than a reactive approach. And we get into that model, but as we start to dive into, and we kind of mentioned getting down to a cultural level, you know, sometimes, just putting the numbers in place isn't enough. We need to change the culture in a business. And that's not something that our team is necessarily going to be able to do a deep dive into. <clears throat> Excuse me. We might be able to touch that at a very high level, but. Yeah, you can at least identify those issues and then begin to put together a roadmap. And right. And then we can bring in the consultants who, yeah. who specialize in that area or if they need evaluation there, too. And you know, tax return preparers are, are very important in terms of the tax side. So bringing, you know, having the right tax and financial statement uh, accounting group there who also gives you good knowledge and can be another member of the team, another person in the sounding board is an important part of what we do yeah. as our marketing specialists and, and, you know, and all that stuff. So what we're doing is, is we're trying to figure out when and be the quarterback, when to bring the people in and how to make them more efficient so that they create greater value and they're more appreciated by their clients. So that's what we do for there. Yeah, quarterback was actually the word that was spinning around my head as you were talking. Mm -hmm. Before the break, you said something that I thought was really interesting. And you mentioned that you empower business owners to begin to think like a CEO. That resonates because in, in working with business owners, a lot of them aren't financially trained. Uh, some of them are mere sales and marketing. Some are inventors and things like Correct. that. They've got a great idea. They're inspired, and they start to build something, and it becomes a business. Correct. So talk a little bit about how you take this, this entrepreneur and to, I guess really begin to wrap structure around them in building an organization. That's so. So you're you're very right. So you know most people, are, as you said, started out as a hammer. You know they start with a hammer and they're really good with it, and then they hire other people who are really good with a hammer and suddenly have employees. And then all of a sudden they hit a little bump in the road and they need to get more business to keep those employees on board. So they become good salesmen and they're really good salesmen because they, they understand their business and they're excited about it and they sell well. So then they start building that. But the problem is, is that as they're building the sales part and the production part, the part that they really don't have any formal education in is the fiscal part. Right. And that's the part that we kind of come in and help them. So we start educating them on how to read top-level financial statements, the three basic financial statements, balance sheet, profit and loss, and statement of cash flows. And then from there, we start to let them understand how to identify issues in the business from looking at those top-level statements. 
So now the, the gut that they have is being reinforced by the statements that they're reading, and now that empowers them to change. Once you give someone the power to say, my gut is correct, it allows them to make changes quicker. And the people who make changes quicker are able to grow quicker. I mean, you know, non-change is stifling. It's, it's, it's what causes businesses not to grow. And the ability to change quickly and make decisions quickly and understand that there is no 100% right answer, but my gut and the numbers are telling me this is the right direction, I can then make the change. Yeah, you give them a whole new lens to look through. Exactly. And then, you know, really that, then, you know, again, teaching them to meet on a regular basis with us and then also saying, okay, not just with us, your team needs to meet on a regular basis. So we teach them how to create up and down the organizational chart a closed loop um, communication of the same exact information. Yeah, real discipline and structure and a process. Correct. That's awesome. So when you talk about building a team and you're working with privately held businesses and entrepreneurial owners, uh, a lot of times I imagine you run into what I'll call the family dynamic where there's brother-in-law, sister-in-law, whatever. There's family members who are part of the organization Maybe they're in a leadership role. Maybe the business owner wants them to become in a leadership role. Can you talk a little bit about that phenomenon <laughs> and, and how you guys deal with that? Because as we all know, the family members aren't necessarily the right fit for the roles that they're in or wow. earmarked for. Yeah, so that, that happens a lot of times, right? Family members uh, generally love each other, and then they get into business with each <laughs> other. And uh, they generally may not love each other so much at work. But no, they really do want the best for each other, um, but oftentimes they may not be slighted in the right, you know, put in the right position. And, you know, you know, especially with a, a father and and a son or a daughter, there's that relationship where the communication may be, you know, it there may they may think they're communicating with each other, but they're not. Um, so we can sometimes become that intermediary to have them communicate better where they need to be, and also to help them move into the places that they want to be. Um, and that's a big, you know, for us, I mean, I, I love to help businesses with family transition. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a passion of mine and has been for a very long time. And we've helped uh, quite a number of businesses transfer, um, you know, the, the, the control and the leadership from one generation to the next. And, and it, when it happens, it's really a special thing. Yeah, so are there certain characteristics or qualities that you look for in individuals inside the organization to help that business owner understand who's the right fit for those seats? Uh, well, yes and no. You know, where, you know, where it starts for us, and, and I'm going to say this, it starts for us in identifying the right business owner. Like, you know, pretty much every business needs the type of services that we provide. But what a business owner needs to understand is they're the ones that we're creating change in. And if they can change first, they're going to start to develop people who are um, a, they're accepting of change, right? So they're going to be the ones who start to hire people of accepting change. They're going to be the ones who remove people who are not accepting of change. And it's amazing because when we go in, a business owner will usually point out a specific person. This person is the reason for the problem. But when they start making the changes, when the business owner starts changing, it's, it's, it's amazing that that special person who was the problem ends up sometimes being the real leader in the company because all they wanted was the ability to have the change occur. And it's not just change for change's sake, right? It's change for a specific reason. If we know that the change is going to create a better result, we're going to make that change. We're not asking people to change and, you know, and say, oh, you have to do something different. It has to be different for change, right? So the only person who likes change is a, is a, a, a baby with a wet diaper, right? But, you know, most people don't like change. But if, if we understand that the pain that we're in can go away by making change, 
that's where we create real power in an organization. Yeah, I think Peter Senge said it best, I, I'll, I'll butcher the quote, but basically people aren't afraid to change, their, they don't, they resist being told to change. Correct, So correct, uh, change, change imposed, change opposed. Exactly. If you educate someone, they will make the changes. Charlie, tell the audience how they can contact you. Uh, again, it's uh, clmadvisors.net is where you can get to us. Very good. So we're coming to the end of the program here, and we've covered a lot of territory. And I think I want to explore just a little bit more about the business owner mindset and, and getting them to make the shift. And I'm not just reemphasizing getting the shift to become the CEO, but what are the points of resistance that you come up against? And what can our audience learn as they look in the mirror and wonder, you know, am I thinking that way? Am I behaving that way? And what can I be doing about that? So it's interesting. Um, the points of resistance are the fires in the business. So typically, we start to get the momentum, and then something happens. Some day-to-day -day thing happens, or some it could be it could be large, it could be small, but often business owners start focusing on the fires. So our job is to help them remove that obstacle and, and, and figure out a solution to the fire so it doesn't come up and keep and keep getting in their way. But at the same time, it's, it's to let the business owner understand that they can't be taken over by those fires, that those fires are going to happen all along the way. I mean, our, li our, our lives are that way, right? right? During the course of our lives, we have trials and tribulations. If we get caught up in them, we won't move forward. But if we say that happened or it's happening and I need to do this, then I can stay focused. And the key is staying focused on the big picture. Again, think with the end in mind. What is your end goal? Keep driving to that end goal. Keep thinking about it. Keep it focused, keep it in your, in your eyesight, and never give up on it. And if you do that, the little things in life, will they'll clear the way, and you'll be able to see that. And then suddenly, things will hit you, and they'll just bounce right back off of you. And then, you know that's where wisdom comes in, right? As we grow, as we keep practicing these habits, the things that we want to have happen in our life will happen. Yeah, no question about that. We've talked a good deal about people. We've talked a good deal about process, and you mentioned there was one other P word in there in the spirit of Marcus Lemonis, and that was the product. Correct. Talk a little bit about how you impact that P word, that product component of a business. So the product part for us really is in the accounting department engineering. Uh, it is, you know, every, every company has, larger companies have ERP systems, smaller companies just have general ledger systems. We need to figure out whether the products that they have in place can support the current and future growth of the business. And how can we and how can we gain more power off of those products? So the product is an important part, us going in and looking at the general ledger system or the ERP system and seeing if it's used correctly because the accounting function shouldn't slow down the business, it should speed it up. It should create efficiency and make the business work better. Gotcha. Unfortunately, we are out of time. So I want to thank my guest, Charlie Morocco, CEO of CLM Advisors. Thank you, Charlie, thanks so much for being my thank guest you. today on Behind thank the you. Numbers. And we will see you again next time on Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder. Take care.